Welcome back to the Fourth Way Podcast. Today we are going to continue our discussion on consequentialism by looking at another moral conundrum. This episode is probably going to be pretty short because I think by this point my position on this specific conundrum should be pretty easy to assess. Um, nevertheless, I thought it, it was an important conundrum to deal with since it is kind of the my my main go-to conundrum uh, when I talk about consequentialism and the conundrum that kind of initially got me thinking about about this particular ethic. So this is the the conundrum of the mash baby, and I'll just I'll give you a quick recap in case you forget. So in the TV series Mash, there uh, there were these Americans stationed in South Korea, and they were fighting in the Korean War, and uh, they were they were on a bus with a bunch of South Korean civilians, and they're traveling, uh, but they realize that there is a like North Korean patrol or something in the area, and they quickly get off the side of the road, stop the bus, everybody's quiet, and they're hiding and hoping that the North Koreans don't find them. And the North Koreans have a, a reputation that isn't very good, and of course you know if you get caught by them, you're probably going to get killed or at least put in a situation where it's not going to be pleasant and you're eventually going to die. Um, while they are on the bus, a baby starts to cry and one of the American soldiers tells the mother to shut that baby up and the mother of course cannot reason with her child so the only way she can shut the baby up is to smother it essentially and um, of course everybody is happy that they're saved but at the same time the soldier deals with this this overwhelming guilt at essentially asking the mother to kill her child. Even though he wouldn't have said that he wanted the child dead, he knew that that probably was, was what needed to happen for people to get saved. And that's that's what he essentially encouraged the mother to do indirectly. The question is then, if you're on a bus with 50 people and your baby starts to cry or somebody else's baby make it make it easier distance yourself from it is it moral if the only way you can save your lives is by smothering a child or your child to save 50 people does that warrant uh, that action does that justify your action does that act not only make your action okay but does that make it good because you're saving 50 people um, and and that to me was a conundrum. Now I know to to some Christians that won't be a conundrum, and that's great. I'm glad it's not. But there are plenty of Christians to whom it is a conundrum. And I I asked a lot of people, and I only ever had one person tell me that the answer was clearly not to kill the baby. Most people said, "Nah, I can't really judge somebody for doing that because I you know I understand it and I I don't." It's not ideal, but it's probably not bad. And there were some Christians who said, yeah, yeah, you know, you have to. It's hard, but that's what has to be done to save the most lives. Only one person told me it's a, it's the wrong thing to do. Of course, by this point, you know that, that my answer to this is that this is not 
at all a conundrum. It seems very clear that to kill the child in order to save lives, even if it's to save a billion lives, um, to kill the child is not the right thing to do. And God would uh, does not leave that in our hands to murder somebody in order to get ourselves out of a situation. If God sees fit to save us, that's his prerogative, but it's not my prerogative to take upon the means of murder in order to save lives. We addressed this in the last episode where we took a look at uh, the double effect and what is and is not a double effect. And I would say that this is like killing, um, you know, having a Nazi put a gun to your head telling you to kill some Jews. You don't do it even if if you have to to save your life or the life of your family, that's just not what you do. You can't, as a Christian, kill uh, Jews, help the Nazis in their genocide in order to save your life or your family's life, even if it's inevitable that after your family's killed, the Germans are going to uh, take to slaughter the Jews. You can't do that yourself as a Christian. That's just not moral. When the means for your survival is the taking of a human life, that's a problem. And that's pretty much it for, for that conundrum. We've already laid quite a bit of the groundwork for this, and uh, it, it is, it is uh, pretty clearly in line with a lot of the other conundrums. So since that was so fast, let me use this time as an opportunity to recap just a, a few of the other concepts that we mentioned uh, in the in season one in the the nonviolence section, uh, as well as throughout this episode, that is first for our witness. It's important that we have we have integrity, and integrity means that uh, we do the right thing even when it's hard, even when we don't like the results. Um, and so to to allow fifty people on the on the bus to die because we refuse to do wrong. Um, that's that's integrity. It doesn't get us anywhere. And not only that, but it actually leads us into into hardship. Um, but that's what integrity is. It's it's doing the right thing regardless of the results. The results do not determine the morality of a situation. But secondly, I I do want to reemphasize that. Um, and, and for those of you who haven't listened to the nonviolence series, you may not really be aware of this, um, but there are a lot of times that we judge in the ends by the immediate ends, the ends that occur uh, right away, versus really thinking about the long-term effects that God is able to bring about through a particular action. So I'll give you a, a few examples. You think of Jim Elliott and his group, Nate Saint and, and uh, the other guys, who were killed by the, I believe, the Alka Indians uh, down in South America somewhere. Um, and they they chose not to shoot at their attackers. And you could say, well, that was stupid because they died. They could have probably killed one of the Alka Indians, and that would have scared them off, and they would have been able to get away safely. Maybe that's true, but then what would have happened to the gospel? But it ended up that through the laying down of their lives, God was able to make inroads into the Alka Indian community and bring them to a saving knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. 
Martin Luther King Jr. was able to have, I would argue, probably a greater impact because of his nonviolence than if he would have been violent and ended up going to prison and and um, and having kind of his movement questioned and accused. And then my my two favorite examples were in Nazi Germany, Bulgaria and Denmark, who collectively saved about 99% of the Jewish population in their countries through nonviolence, through actions that seemed, you know, how, how are these actions going to stop a superpower like Germany? But when you have priests choosing to uh, to lay down on the tracks in front of trains and people who are... Uh, refusing to to help the Germans at cost of their life, that has a pretty big impact. And in Denmark, in particular, not only did they save a huge percentage of the the Jewish population through nonviolence, but that was one of the areas where the Germans saw their officers and soldiers the most uh, kind of defect because uh, the soldiers would see the resolve of the uh, of the people of Denmark. They'd see their resolve, and they'd see their character, and their refusal to back down, um, even though they had no chance of of overpowering Germany. And people, uh, Germans, Nazi soldiers, were uh, converted to uh, the other viewpoint, to, to becoming against the Nazis and helping to save the Jews. It's just so impossible for us to say what any particular outcome will ultimately be. If you are in the MASH scenario that we're talking about, and you say, well, if I do this, 50 lives are going to be lost. Well, first of all, you don't know that for sure. Okay, we can we can play the numbers game and say 99.9% .9 certainty we're going to be found out and killed. Um, okay, so that that is true. That That's a possibility. But you need to leave room for God's sovereignty. There's that point one percent chance god can act in that and and he may say hey look because of your refusal to engage in evil i'm going to protect you that's possible not likely but even if you are found out and killed you don't know that uh what that is going to do there could be somebody in the north korean army who sees the massacre of civilians and whose heart is changed and and uh who ends up defecting because of that and ends up shortening the war by months or years and by by defecting and giving information. There could be uh, an uproar in the international community who sees the slaughtering of civilians on this bus, uh, which include American medical staff uh, who are non-combatants, and they could say uh, that that could bring more people into the war. That who, Just who knows what in the world could happen through your actions. And that's exactly the point. And you can refer back to the lesser of two evils episode, episode number three in this season, to hear just the, the, the problems of having this ethic of immediacy um, and this idea that we have to embrace evil to do what we perceive as the best good now. Because we're not om omniscient. We don't know what our action is going to do. We might think an action is very powerful and it ends up being terrible, and, and ineffective in the long run, uh, which is you know when we get to the the 2016 election, what you know one of the possibilities that people don't acknowledge is is that okay maybe you win these four years maybe even eight years, 
but what does that do to the heart of the nation? What does that do to the slippery slope of, of um, electing compromised candidates and, and uh, worsening the options you have available and um, retaliation from the other side? What does that do in 40 years? Okay, I know what you think it's going to do in four or eight, but you don't know what's going to happen in a month, let alone 40 years from now, as a result of your action. And that's why one reason why God doesn't have us determine the outcome by, by the ends, because we don't know what the ends are going to be, short term, let alone long term. That's why we always come back to that saying, where it's obedience is better than sacrifice, faithfulness better than inef- uh, better than effectiveness, and that's what we need to keep in mind here, uh, as we recap uh, our ideas for this mash conundrum, which for the Christian should really not be a conundrum at all. We'll keep that episode short, and that's all for now. So peace, because I'm a pacifist, and I say it, I mean.